Warning! Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we're getting a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. This season, we're doing a deep dive into Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we are breaking down season one, episode three, Fashion Week. Now, let's get our fix. Before we jump into a deep dive of the episode, I've got to correct the record because I said during episode one that all of the dogs of the families appear behind them in the intros, and that just simply isn't true. It's only Cookie, Bethany's dog, that appears behind one of the housewives in the season one intros. So for what it's worth, correction. And then I need to give credit to James Lipton and Inside the Actors Studio, because I claimed that it was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy that brought me into the Bravo universe, when really the first thing that brought me into the Bravo universe was James Lipton and Inside the Actors Studio. So props to James Lipton and that show. And that got me thinking about his group of questions that he used to ask his celebrity guest at the end. It was his mentor, it was like a French name or something, who, who it was his list of questions that he had put together. And he would end with, you know, when you're standing at the pearly gates, if St. Peter exists, what do you hope to hear him say? And all the celebrities would try to have some real, some witty comment to have. Okay, so now that we've got that straight... Let's get into a breakdown of the episode with a little something I like to call turtle time. Episode three opens up with Luann returning to her townhouse in New York City from the Hamptons, which also means returning to the chaos of the city. We meet her housekeeper slash nanny Rosanna, who's just we fall in love with her. She's fantastic and sweet to the kids and, you know, sweet to Luann, even in the face of some of Luann's behavior. And next up is Jill. And we see that she's taking her daughter, Allie, school shopping. They have clearly returned from the Hamptons as well. And they're going to boutiques, you know, that you probably wouldn't normally see teenagers in terms of school shopping, frequenting, and we even see Jill as she's getting mad that she wants to shop for a Seventeen magazine party dress that they're going, apart for a party that they're going to, and we see Jill threaten her with, you know, I'm going to take you to the mall like the rest of kids, the kids in America do, which is a great little insight to the New York uh, private school kid type of shopping experience. And then we go back to Luann in the on the Upper East Side in her in her townhouse, and she's looking for outfits for the Seventeen magazine party. She's scored an invite. She's also invited Jill and her daughter because they found out that their daughters go to the same school. So we see Victoria, Luann's daughter, 
commenting and giving some critiques on some of the fashion that Luann wants to wear to the party. And then we go to the Seventeen Magazine party and we see the daughters meet and they're having a good time and enjoying each other, even though they're a couple years difference. They're enjoying themselves and we see the beginning of, of a small friendship budding. And then we learn it is the beginning of Fashion Week in New York City, which, as our Greek chorus Bethany tells us, is like religion for New Yorkers. So we move on to Alex. She's in her Brooklyn house brownstone, and she's looking for outfits for the Pamela Rowland show, which Bethany has invited her to. And she's very excited. And she tells her husband that he gets to come too, and he's a fashionista. So he's thrilled. And then we cut to Ramona. And we see Avery and Mario, her husband and daughter, having breakfast. And and her voiceover is talking about how, unlike many women in the city, Mario actually takes Avery to school every day. And we see that Avery is studying for a test. And she's very serious about it. And we follow Ramona to work. And she's, you know, a boss bitch lady. And we see that her work ethic is being instilled in her daughter as well. And then back to Alex's townhouse. And they're talking school competition and how hard it is to get your children into school these days in New York City, which I guess you have to live there to understand it. But I hear it is absolutely insane, the wait lists and competition to get your children into a kindergarten class is crazy. Next up is Bethany, our Greek chorus, and she's talking about, as I said, Fashion Week is religion for New Yorkers. She has this suite across the street from the tents, and she invites Alex, who of course is thrilled, to come get their makeup and hair done and be dressed in Pamela Rowland, who is the designer of the show that they're going to see. They get to be dressed in Pamela Rowland outfits. And then they meet up with Simon because he gets to go to the show as well, being a fashionista that he is. And then they meet up with Jill, who Simon and Alex have never met. So Bethany is introducing Jill to Simon and Alex, and they're all meeting each other for the first time. And then we move to the after party where Jason, Bethany's boyfriend, meets up with them. And we see them all starting to talk again about school competition. And Simon says something like, getting your kid in pre-K in New York City is harder than it is to get them into Harvard. And Bethany kind of laughs and he's like, no, seriously, it is. And her boyfriend, Jason, you see him kind of shake his head like, yeah, it, it actually is, just to give us a sense of, of what those parents are dealing with. And then Jill makes the ultimate connector moment, as they call her and she likes to call herself, where she says, oh, you're looking for a school. My friend owns a school and I can get you a private meeting. So, of course, and a private tour. So, of course, Alex is thrilled with this. And next up is Ramona, who takes Avery to the Wilhelmina Talent Agency for acting, not modeling. She's very clear about that. And we see Avery do a reading and she's absolutely adorable, of course. And we see Ramona really acting like a stage mom, I have to say. It's a pretty funny snippet because we don't see Ramona act like that too often. I think Mario and Avery put an end to this pretty quickly. But she she's getting a little hint of stage mom at this point. And then we're on to Bethany, who is at the Ginny Hilfiger trunk show, which we get an appearance by Tommy Hilfiger. And Brad 
who is Jay's, Jill's gay husband shows up with Jill and they are shopping. And of course, Brad is being obnoxious and talking about how he's the only one that gets to make decisions for Jill's shopping choices and outfits. And then we go back to Ramona's condo and Avery is pissed about something. It probably has something to do with the Wilhelmina agency and missing school and Ramona's stage mom behavior. If you ask me, that's just my two cents. But we see Mario and Ramona discuss it and Mario himself is dubious as to whether with how much schooling and after school activities Avery's already involved in, can she really actually do this and be happy? And then next up is Jill and we see her with her mom, Gloria, and they are going shopping for some holiday events and gowns that that Jill needs. And if I had to pick two words to describe the overall shopping experience, it would be complaining and criticism, because I think those are the two things that Jill's mom, Gloria, does best. And then we cut back to Ramona, who's at the Alex and Olivier, I would say show, but it's really just their storefront that they've packed with their models and staged some scenes and she's calling Luann to make sure Luann's still showing up and it almost seems like Luann invited Ramona because you know Ramona's talking about how young it feels there and I know Luann tends to you can see throughout the seasons want to hang out with her nieces and do things that 20 somethings are doing even though she's a 40 something and so Ramona of course manages to insult the models while she's there and embarrass Luann and it's an uncomfortable situation that Luann is not a fan of, needless to say. And then we end with Jill heading to the Luca Luca show. We also see that Ramona is preparing for the Luca Luca show with her friend. And Luca Luca dressed them. She's really excited. So they go to the show. And of course, Jill is seated in the second row, not the first row, behind Ramona. And she has an absolute fit storms out of the fashion show, demands that Brad, her friend Brad, find her a car or something to get her out of there. She's pissed. You know, how dare she? She would never sit in the second row, don't you know? And Brad says something about, okay, that's the end of fashion show for us, your fashion week for us, we're done. And close of episode and close of fashion week. All right, everyone, it's time to do a deep dive into the episode with a little mention it all. All right, it's time for my favorite part of the episode, mention it all, where we're diving deep into the episode. So let's jump right in with Luann returning to her townhouse from New York City. Oh, woe is me. The chaos of New York is just too much to bear. She's got to leave the relaxing Hamptons and come back to real life. We see Rosanna, her nanny slash housekeeper, is getting their bags and they're talking about, you know, competitive school processes in New York City. And she mentions that the Count, Alexander, her husband, won the Fulbright Award, which is quite prestigious. So it wasn't hard, she says, for that to get their kids in a pretty good school. Not surprising. And she mentions he's in microfinance, I think she says, and that he travels a lot, which we come to find out they don't have a great marriage. So no surprise that he travels a lot. And then next up is Jill. And we see she's shopping with Allie, her daughter. They're at a place called Scoop in New York City. 
And they're doing back to school shopping. Jill also, or I should say, Allie also wants to look for a dress for a 17 magazine party that they've been um, invited to by Luann because Luann and Jill have found out that Allie, who's 14, and Victoria, Luann's daughter, who's 12, attend the same school. So they don't know each other because of the age difference, but they go to the same school. So they say, okay, let's go to the 17 magazine party. We'll bring our kids. They can meet. It's always good to know somebody at the school you go to. And Jill's adding to the school narrative as well, talking about how it costs about a million dollars a child to go through private school systems in New York City these days as her and Brad and Allie are doing back to school shopping and it's fashion week in New York city. So you see Allie looking for the party dress and everyone's on heightened fashion alert and Jill, you see wants her to focus on school clothes, but Allie wants to focus on the dress. And so Jill's threat to her is I'll send you to the mall, like all the other kids in America, which is hilarious. So that's the threat in New York City if you're a rich school kid is you're going to have to go to the mall to get your back to school clothes. And Jill says that to many people's surprise, she actually doesn't like shopping. She likes buying. So she's getting annoyed as the process is taking longer and longer to find things that Allie likes for school. And, you know, Brad's gallivanting along uh, around the 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 store. And she's just you can tell it's it's she's over it. She's ready to go home. And Allie, she says, thinks it's always the last shopping trip that she's going to spend money on. And so Jill says, I never know what anything costs. I think it's tacky. And as she's paying for things at the end, she's whipping out cash and she's paying for a lot of the shopping spree in cash. And she mentions that, oh, Allie wipes me out just like I wiped my mother out. And then she goes into how She's busty and Allie is petite in stature. And so they have to buy things that fit. You know, it's hard for them to find things and outfits that work due to those challenges. So she's justifying the heavy spending. It's great. And then we move to the Upper East Side with Luann. And we're, she's also looking for dresses, except she's looking in her closet, not at the store, for the Seventeen Magazine party. And she also was with her daughter, Victoria. And Vic, so Victoria is giving her fashion guidance. No, not that dress. Yeah, that's all right. And we see Luann and Victoria head out. Luann's in this fabulous green sequin top. And they meet up with Jill, who apparently is late. They make some sort of comment at the Seventeen Magazine party. And they're with their girls. And Neo is performing there, the rapper. He's uh, he's the entertainment for the night. It's a concert type of a party. And so we see the girls talking. They're getting to know each other in the booth. They're bonding over their psychotic dogs, I think is what Allie calls it. And it's funny. Victoria says, you know, so are you, are you we're asked, are you into sports? And Allie says, well, I, I do yoga. Like, does that count? It's so New York. I love it. And then we're on to Alex. We go to her Brooklyn house. She is letting Simon know that Bethany invited her to the Pamela Rowland show uh, in for Fashion Week. And of course, Simon's thrilled because he loves fashion. He wants to go. So he is being told that he gets to go as well. So he's thrilled. And Bethany says she's got a suite at the Bryant Park Hotel, which is across the street from the tents, the fashion shows, and asks Alex, if she wants to join her to get, you know, their makeup done and get dressed by Pamela Rowland, which of course she says, yes, it's fabulous. And then Simon's going to meet up with them afterwards. And Bethany's never met Simon, but they're going to go to the fashion show together afterwards. 
So we see them in their house and they're trying to figure out, you know, what he should wear. And he's going through his outfits and she has the voiceover saying their plan is to meet very high profile people and you know, talking about connectors, as Jill calls herself. So we're starting to see that narrative for Alex and Simon. And then next up is Ramona, Upper East Side. We're at her apartment. We see Mario and, and Avery, her husband and daughter, are having breakfast at the breakfast table. And she is mentioning how Mario is different from all the men in New York City because he takes his daughter to school every day. And we see Avery. She's so cute. She's sitting at the table studying for a test memorizing her flashcards. You can tell she's driven. She takes school seriously. And we love to see the little back and forth with her and Mario and the bond that they have. And Ramon is talking about that Avery goes to a private all-girls, I believe, Catholic school, and that its studies have shown that it's proven to help with girls' self-esteem to go to an all-girls school, which is one of the reasons why she sent her there. And Avery makes it very clear she wants to get good grades so she can go to a good college and make money on her own and be independent. And again, it's sweet. She's talking about how her mom has told her you need to be independent and make your own money and be a strong woman. And then they cut to Ramona getting to her office and being a boss bitch. She says she works for herself, which she loves because she gets to the office around 930 or 10. And she is explaining that she buys and resells of clothing to discount stores. And so she's walking around her office. They're kind of following her around for the day, showing a day in her life. And she explains that her drive for independence, especially financial independence, comes from her mom, who was not in a good marriage and couldn't get out, and drilled into her that you need to be independent, you need to have your own financial support, your own money to be able to get out of relationships if they aren't working for you. So we get a little bit of the backstory of why Ramona is who she is. And then we jump back to Alex's house in Brooklyn. Francois is having to go to public school in pre-K, you know, Dios mios. She says it's crazy for school admissions, which it, it, you can see everyone is saying it is. It's incredibly competitive to get your kids in school. So they've had to settle on a public pre-K for Francois, their oldest son. So we see him get a new backpack and his name is on the backpack. And you can start to get a little bit of the pretension or desperation, at least for their kids to seem smart because they think it's a way into society or to these schools. And Simon is getting a little obnoxious with Francois reading his name on his backpack. You know, what does it say? And then the kid doesn't say anything. I'm sure it's weird. There's cameras in the house. He's young. He's not even in pre-K yet. And of course, Simon, you know what it, what it means when it says silly Billy, you know, covering for the kid. Anyhow, so we see them talking about how difficult it is. And this is the school that they're going to was their 16th choice, not one even in their top 10. And so they're rushing around and they arrive late to school, but they make it. And then we cut to Bethany, our Greek chorus. And she, as I said, is talking about Fashion Week and how to New Yorkers, it's religion. They call them the shows. All the fashion shows are the shows. Are you going to the shows? And so Alex arrives at her suite at the hotel for hair and makeup to get ready for the Pamela Roland event that they're going to. And they're having fun together. I actually like this banter. 
I, I'm wondering if the producers asked, you know, neither Bethany nor Alex really knew anybody in the group intimately. I'm sure they suggested inviting some of the women along to do stuff. So I, I liked this. It, it just seemed natural, the two of them getting to know each other. So they're sitting around getting their hair and makeup done as they're getting ready for the show. And Bethany's asking, what did you do this weekend? And you hear Alex responding with, you know, we took Johan and Francois, our kids, to uh, music school because we're not sure when to introduce Francois to the violin. And she she's just talking, you know, very, <laughs> you just, I things like that, right? And so Bethany quips back with one of her many fantastic quips she quips back with and here i was all weekend just watching reality tv show she's like francois over here is freaking learning mandarin for christ's sake it's hilarious and we see them talking about alex and simon's children and she says you can get away with any name so long as it's a family name and she says francois was his grandfather's name so i know kid people don't like it but too bad it's a family name and bethany says yeah it's not like it's phineas and hazel or something like that which is a time just so dates it. It's great. That's the name of Julia Roberts' kids. And when I thought about that and saw it, I went, yeah, that's right. She was kind of on the forefront of these ridiculous names, Apple. It's like just picking a noun and naming your kid that noun. It's So she was a little bit on the forefront when she had her twins, Phineas and Hazel. So anyway, Bethany makes that reference, which I thought was a, a great moment in time, a time point. And she explains to Alex that she's going to be meeting Jill. And she explains Jill as someone, she's like five energy drinks shot out of a cannon, is I think how she explains it. But she says she's a good girl. She, you know, she's a great person and she'll like her. And then she says, oh, hold on. Simon's texting me because he wants to know whether he needs to wear a dark or a light boot to the show with his outfit. And Bethany says, oh, my God, tell him he's in the middle of a gay homosexual panic. And he'll figure it out. And it's hilarious. And so then they, the cameras swoop to close-ups of Simon sitting there with his jacket thrown over his shoulder like a like he's on a fashion shoot. It's quite, uh, it's great. It's great TV. And so Bethany shows up with, with Alex and she meets Simon for the first time. She's introduced. And now they're heading to the Pamela Rowland show to meet Jill. And we hear you know, Simon is saying things like fashion doesn't have to mean gay, right? Because he's way into it. So the three of them are off to the fashion show to meet up with Jill. And we see them meet Jill. And Jill, in her voiceover, is saying, it seems like Alex and Simon were nervous, which is coming off as trying too hard. And they do show clips of, of Simon being a bit obnoxious. He's kind of talking over Alex, talking about how he really traveled the world. He was in China part of the year, France part of the year, London part of the year, and wherever, New York City, the other part of the year. And he's being very pretentious. And so Jill says it, it comes off as trying too hard, but she's chalking it up that they're just nervous and trying to make a good impression. So they meet Pamela Rowland backstage. Then they go out to get ready for the fashion show. Simon is sitting behind them. The ladies have the front row seat. Simon's in seat in row two. And Simon is standing up, massaging Alex's shoulders. It's just creepy. Simon sighting number 17 and we're only in episode three, right? It's just off. He's being just, he's attached to her. And even Bethany, you see her voiceover. She's like, they are literally attached at the hip. They are totally codependent. It was a bit strange, but whatever. She's kind of getting a kick out of it at first. So then the show happens and they go to the after party. And so Jason, Bethany's boyfriend shows up to meet them. 
And we've got Alex and Simon, Jill, Bethany, and Bethany's boyfriend, Jason. And they actually are all talking about children, schools, and the competition and how impossible it is to get in. And Alex or Simon says something like, it's it's harder to get into pre-K than it is to Harvard. And Bethany kind of laughs like, yeah, right. And you see her boyfriend, Jason, kind of shake his head like, well, yeah, actually, it probably is. And then, of course, Jill jumps into full in inquisition mode to Simon and Alex. And, you know, how did you meet? Where did you grow up? And if Bethany jumps in and goes, oh, my God, this Yenta over here, she's, you know, she's going to know everything about you in the next 10 minutes, or at least by the end of the night. She's doing her impression of Jill. It's hilarious. And we hear Alex saying she immediately bonded with Jill. Jill's a connector. She likes to connect people. And Jill, of course, is saying, oh, the Claremont School, my friend owns that school. I can get you a private tour, which the ears on Alex's head perk up so fast. She's like, uh, hell yeah, I'd like a private tour of that school. So, of course, she's feeling like, wow, I, I love Jill. We're bonded. We're connected. And she's going to hook me up. And next we jump to Ramona. She's taking her daughter Avery to the Wilhelmina Talent Agency for acting. She makes it very clear acting, not modeling, for acting. And she's talking about, you know, Avery's school plays and she's prepping her in the in the car over there and in the waiting room, giving her tips and advice, being a bit of a stage mom. You can tell Avery is a bit annoyed. And then Avery goes ahead and does her reading for the agent, which Ramona says is somebody she met in the Southamptons at a friend of hers house. And so the agent says, you know, do a good job, but talk slower, which Ramona told her, talk slower. And the agent says, yeah, she's great. Let's, you know, put her up for jobs and see what what happens. And then she starts talking about school. Ramona's going, ah, blowing it off. I'm pretty sure school will be fine. And you see Avery saying, no, mom, my school's not going to be okay with this. Remember when I you wanted to take me to the chiropractor and they wouldn't even let me do that? And Ramona's saying, no, if I talk to them, they'll be flexible. You know, she's kind of like quiet. We'll talk about it later. And so we start to see the the problem with this that's happening. And and again, the stage mom behavior by Ramona. And then we're on to Bethany. She's at the Jenny Hilfiger trunk show. She's got Brad and Jill. You know, she says Jill loves to do shopping and Jenny wanted people who's going to shop. So Brad and Jill show up. Brad's got a freaking pink cowboy hat on with like a blue striped sh- shirt with a different blue striped jacket over it. Just, you know, very loud, like his personality, very loud outfit. And really, if I were Jill, he walks in saying he gets to pick Jill's clothes. She doesn't get a say. He's her stylist. You know, no offense, Brad, but if you walked into my house wearing that outfit, you don't get a say in what I'm wearing that night. But anyhow, so they're at the Ginny Hilfiger trunk show. And Bethany is explaining how she met Ginny Hilfiger through her ex-boyfriend, Kevin, who I believe is the same ex-boyfriend who's the rock and roll photographer that she dated she says he has to, he had two kids and was going through a divorce, so she figured it probably wasn't going to be long term. But she was upset because she didn't meet his kids until six to seven months in, which I thought. And she said, you know, you feel like you're, you know, begging for scraps. I thought six to seven months in before you meet someone's kids, in my opinion, really isn't that much time. If I had children, I'd be I'd want to know who this person was really well before I introduce them to my children. So I think Bethany is showing a little bit of her hand here that she is unrealistic in relationships and perhaps why she's also unsuccessful in relationships. So anyway, she's comparing, you know, her ex, how she had to wait six to seven months to meet his kids where, you know, Jason was all in up front. 
Tommy Hilfiger, her brother, shows up. Not Bethany's brother, but Ginny's brother shows up and actually asked Bethany how the boyfriend is and says, you're still together, right? And she's like, no, but we're really good friends. He's a great guy. We hear Bethany talking about how she would be really sad if she didn't have a child. She wants one child. She always has. And then Jill is piping in saying, well, Jason owes you a child and kind of doing that number. And Bethany has a voiceover, you know, that says it's like, let's get it straight. I really want a kid, but Jason doesn't owe me a kid. And then we jump to Ramona's condo. Mario has come home from work and Avery is pissed about something. They try to go in there and say hi. She slams the door. It's probably got to do with Wilhelmina and the fact that Ramona's blowing off her school, which seems to be Avery's priority. So Ramona and Mario sit down on the couch. They're talking about the talent agency and the options that are ahead of them. Avery storms out. She's got a handful of books, right? It's She's clearly making a point to Ramona, like, I've got too much work. I don't want to do this. So she storms out with all of her books and drops them on the dining room table. And Ramona starts to get into it with her that they're about to have dinner. And Mario just says, ignore it. So Ramona's telling Mario, okay, yeah, we met with the talent agency. They think we should put her up for shows. And Mario says, with her school and her after school activities, there's no way she's got time for this. And Ramona is saying, just give it some time, Mario. It's not a problem yet. Let's let's not make a problem unless there is a problem. So we see that Mario really is on Avery's side here. And Ramona, again, is pulling a stage mom moment. And then next we cut to Jill with her mom, Gloria, who, God love Jill, you've got to feel for her after you see her mom and her mom's behavior. So they're going shopping. Her parents are in town for the holidays. They're going shopping for some gowns for events that Jill has coming up. They go to Donald Deed is his name. And he's a designer. Donald Deal. Pardon me. Sorry, Donald. Donald Deal. They go to his design house. He's got a bunch of dresses. And Jill is talking about how she loves his dresses, too, because she's busty and they fit. So we we see them driving to the to the fashion house. She's bitching to her mom about Ramona and how she wasn't invited to the cooking party in the Hamptons. Like I said, Jill, that's like the worst thing you can do to her. So clearly she's still pissed about it. And her mom tells her, just be reserved and be a lady. You know, Gloria's giving her, giving her the business. And then we see the Gloria that we know and love. She pulls out a rag because apparently Jill shampoo smells too intensely for her and she just can't take it. So they arrive at Donald Deal's studio. They're getting a gown for the foundation benefit. And Jill is talking about how it is all about the boobies. She comes from a busty family. She's very self-conscious about it. She makes the hilarious comment that if you buy them, you tend to show them. But if you're born with them, you tend to hide them. As a busty gal myself, I think she's probably right. But it really is a tense shopping experience with her mom. And she says it is too. She points out that her mom is always criticizing her. But then she does the thing that most people with overcritical narcissistic parents do. Then she tries to justify it. But it's constructive criticism. My mom's just giving me constructive criticism. But my God, you can't make this woman happy. She complains and finds something wrong with every outfit Jill tries on. She's complaining about the designs. You can, She's being rude to the designer. The designer actually finally has a quip of, you know, you're not going to say I'm wearing Gloria. Right. I'm wearing my mom's design out. I'm wearing Donald Deal. So she's kind of like, you know, that, I think that's his dig. Like, shut up, Gloria. You're not the designer. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and finally, though, 
finally we find a gown that she loves. Jill comes out and Gloria just loves it. And next we come to Ramona. She's standing out in, out in front of the Alice and Olivier store. They're doing kind of a storefront fashion show where they've got models set up and, and staged throughout the store. And she's calling Luann to make sure that Luann is coming. It looks like Luann has invited her. And Luann, of course, says something snarky in her voiceover. Like, she, you know, after tennis, I just wasn't sure if she was even going to want to get together or if Luann even wanted to get together. She's acting like, uh, not so sure if I want to see Ramona. And they're ta- talking about the kids are starting school. They've all just come back from, from their Summerhampton escape. So they're talking about the kids starting school and how she went to Wilhelmina. Ramona is making it very clear that Avery has a great presence and she wants her to do acting because modeling, you're not really using your brain. And she says it loud and she's standing in front of a bunch of models. So, of course, we see the first singer stinger. And it's unintentional, which most of them are. She realizes that she's standing around a bunch of models. Luann's totally embarrassed. And she goes, oh, you know, gosh, I didn't mean it. And then Luann shares with her, well, I used to be a model too. So now Ramona's extra red, extra embarrassed. And we cut to Ramona saying, you know, you've got to be careful with what you say. But then again, I couldn't say anything if that's the case, which is probably true in Ramona's case. And, you know, we see Luann talking about how Avery's career would be a full-time job if she were to do some sort of talent agency acting thing and just kind of warning Ramona about it. And at the end, they leave and we see Luann says that the experience definitely weakened their friendship. And again, I just get this sense that Luann and Jill were gunning for Ramona from the get-go. So I'm not surprised that when she ends, it's a negative experience with Ramona. And then we cut to Jill and she's talking about sitting in the front row of fashion shows, wearing the designer clothes, especially when you're sitting in the front row, how fashion show and fashion fashion shows work and how fashion week works. And then we cut to Ramona. She has gotten she has front row seats to Luca Luca. Luca Luca is dressing her and her friend. They are getting ready. She's really excited. Jill comments on how she hasn't seen Ramona since the tennis match. So she's interested to see what Jill, what Ramona has to say. And they're going to go to the Luca Luca show as well. And so then Jill says, well, there was a little bit of tension when I saw her because they head to the show. They have a little bit of small talk. Jill says that there's tension. I didn't really see it. I thought Ramona actually looked like she was overcompensating for the tension. She was trying to be extra nice and extra happy. Like, oh, I don't care that I lost the tennis match and was being a bitch. You know, that kind of thing. So Jill is talking about if she's not in the front row, she's not going, foreshadowing, because we walk into Luca Luca, and of course we see that she's behind Ramona in the second row. Ramona's in the first row, Jill's in the second row, Jill's worst nightmare has come true, and Jill throws a fit and leaves. She's not in the first row, she's not attending. And she's pissed. We see her bitching over and over again that she bought a Luca Luca outfit. Why would she have bothered buying the outfit if she was going to be in the second row and not the first row? And we see Ramona standing there and she says, wow, I'm really learning a lot about Jill right now. And even Ramona mentions that this is not a normal reaction and is not ladylike because come on, Jill. I mean, it's just complete narcissism on display. And so that we see Jill and Brad, they're standing outside and Jill is bitching and Brad's saying, don't get aggressive. Of course, she looks at Brad and says, get a car service, get something. 
And then it cuts to Brad going, taxi? It's like, that's all they had. It's hilarious. I loved that editing if it was editing. If it just happened naturally, God bless the Bravo universe. But it's a great scene. And then we see Ramona at the end standing there going, she insulted Luca Luca. And that wraps up season one, episode three of The Real Housewives of New York City Fashion Week. And join us next week when we're breaking down season one, episode four, Social Life. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts and check us out on Twitter at Deep Fix Podcast. See y'all next time.